you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Well, it's one of them anyway, and it's myself, Colin Kelly, back for another show. Uh, hopefully everything has gone well with you since the last time you came and listened to the Overtime Ireland podcast. I'm very excited for today's show. We're going to be joined by around the NFL, or around the league as it is now known, and uh, the manager over there, basically, we'll call him, and it's Greg Rosenthal. I'm really looking forward to having him on the show, talking all things NFL with him. I think the last time we done the podcast, uh, Tuesday, maybe Monday or Tuesday, came out the last show. I did say that it would be early next week for the next one, but uh, due to uh, everything falling into place, we went with uh, today to record. This is Friday recording for this show with uh, Greg Rosenthal. So uh, hopefully it's an extra little bonus as you head into the weekend. Look, uh, you might go and look at your podcast stream and be like, oh, look, there's a new show under what it is, and it's the Overtime Ireland podcast, and uh, we're bringing you one to help get you through this weekend. Maybe your Friday just finished work. Hopefully you'll enjoy this one. A lot of fun football talk coming up in it. Uh, so I guess without further ado, uh, I'll just get straight into uh, talking with Greg and then after it, uh, I'll run through some of the news off the, the last few days and uh, finish up the show like that. So let's get Greg on the show right now. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Delighted to be joined now on the Overtime Ireland Football Podcast by Greg Rosenthal of the uh, the Around the League team there on uh, NFL.com. He is kind of the, the head honcho there, often a lot of you'll know him from the uh, Around the League podcast, uh, often referred to as the boss, and it's, uh, it's a good pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. I feel lost, really, without without my other guys. They're all sitting in the newsroom right now wishing that we had some news to write about in, in mid-July. Yeah, I tried I tried uh, just to pull back the curtain. I tried ringing just shortly before we started recording this, and uh, it went to voicemail, and I was thinking, I wonder, is there uh, any big breaking news happening that it just hasn't come across Twitter yet? That's what I was thinking. No, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't feel my the phone buzz or anything like that. And we were we were actually just in sort of a little meeting talking about our podcast and some plans for next week. So there you go. No problem. Was it? I was listening through the uh, to the podcast just uh, on my way home from work. Actually, there in, in the car, and I'm about halfway through the episode uh, for yesterday. So looking forward to getting through the rest of it. But is it hard? Uh, you know, when you listen to the podcast, I'm sure a little bit more ego on the podcast. Was it hard to hard to manage the whole crew there? Is it hard to manage everyone here? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, it's got some challenges sometimes. No, I mean we're all we're all really good friends. Yeah, that's yeah. why the podcast works uh, really well. Although there are moments when I kind of look that I remember back. You know, my previous jobs I worked at Roto World and Pro Football Talk, and uh, I was more just kind of the typical blogger on an island. You know, just in my house, or I'd go into work once or twice a week, and yeah. there is a different sort of level of stress when you've got a group uh, a group to work with. But it's a good thing, you know, we're all buddies, and and uh, and you know, Dan is really the only one that's a, a big time diva. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. By the way, uh, no, we've had a few. We've we've had Wes on a few times in the past. Uh, some of the other guys from around the we had on Matt Money Smith. He does your money tags into the show. We've had him on a yeah, few times. Yeah, he's the so. best man. He, He's great. Yeah, it's always great talking with him. But on on to the uh, yesterday's show, you mentioned uh, I seen it on your Twitter feed as well. You did tweet about the power rankings of the most pointless news topics of the off season, and you did say about uh, you know the uh, the offset language being probably the the winner of that. Their power rankings. Uh, you glad to see uh, Marcus Mariota sign to his rookie contract so we can finally stop talking about it? 
Yeah, another another thing that would be high in those power rankings are power rankings themselves. <laughs> so I guess that was a bad way, bad way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's one of those stories. I sit just to pull back the curtain a little. Like I sit right in the middle of our newsroom, and I I now sit uh, apart from the rest of the guys, and I'm kind of you know I'm right next to all the you know producers and the people making news decisions for NFL Network, and that's one of those stories that you know we were updating as if it was some big breaking sort of information. Marcus Mariota could possibly miss training camp, this yeah. and that. And it's kind of one of those old school news stories. And, and I always was, you know, trying to say, look, he's going to sign all of these rookies sign. No one in America or anywhere else in Ireland <laughs> you know, cares about, you know, the intricacies of offset language. It's just like, it's not why we're football fans. And, and the good thing is, you know, since that last uh, collective bargaining agreement signed, rookie contracts just aren't really a story. Where you, you know, when I started uh, writing, it used to be a big thing every every year. The seven, ten, fifteen guys all holding out of camp, and now we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it is much just much easier with the you know the kind of wage scale set that uh, you know you, you know these guys are going to set. But you mentioned as well in your show, you know, it kind of makes a little little to no sense for the the Titans to drag it on this long because. Really, if uh, the offset language does come into it, it's just down to the fact that Mariota has been absolutely terrible for them and they've had to cut him before the end of his rookie contract. So really and truly, the, the organization and the, the people that are there at the moment and the personnel with the coaching staff and that, if uh, if Mariota doesn't play well, they're not going to be worried about offset language because they're going to be out the door as well. Right, exactly. I mean, it's the number two pick in the draft. Everyone in that organization has a stake in him doing well or else they're all going to be fired. And, you know, I, mean, I think it probably goes back to the fact that, you know, they have a strange ownership situation right now. Um, you know, since Bud Adams passed away, uh, it's passing around, different CEOs, a little bit uncertain with their future. They've done a terrible job drafting quarterbacks in general since Young and Jake Locker being their two recent high picks. So, so there's a little bit of caution there. And it, it's a weird franchise. It's been one we always make fun of almost on the podcast is, yeah. They're, they're the most forgettable franchise in the league the last three or four years. But with Mariota um, and with some of the guys they've added this offseason, at least I think they're a little more interesting. Like I, I'm more, I'm certainly more interested to watch them in Week One uh, face off against the Buccaneers. to see the top two picks taking each other on. Yeah, and we said about the offset language, and no, you said nobody anywhere in the world cares about it, but maybe the Titans fans did care about it because uh, for those kind of five or six weeks, it did put their franchise into the front of the news cycle for a change because they haven't really been there too much in the in the recent memory. But uh, another man who has been in the news cycle a lot over the last 12 months is Adrian Peterson, and his contract was kind of re- renegotiated with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. You you mentioned uh, about you know the biggest I think it was you might have been West said about the the biggest uh, part of you know in the leverage for negotiations now really comes down to talent because if Adrian Peterson hadn't been a talented player he'd have been cut back when the you know the whole situation arose last year and now he comes back and he's getting more guaranteed money into his contract but the contract hasn't changed all that much uh, outside of the fact that kind of means that he's just going to be certain to be on the roster next year with the uh, the roster bonus that he's going to get. Yeah, exactly. They they just guaranteed him more than half of his salary next year, so that essentially guarantees he's on the team unless something crazy happens. So he didn't get more money, but they can now put him in the promotional materials. They're moving into a new stadium. The Super Bowl is going to be there. They're trying to sell season tickets. And, you know, it just is funny because, you know, when stuff like this happens, there's a lot of moralizing uh, from the media and teams of right and wrong. And, and it comes down to how good you are on the field. That's just the facts. I mean, Greg Hardy 
um, made the worst possible headlines that you could possibly make, and he paid for it, and he got suspended. And and what happened, you know, when he uh, is ready now to return to football, he he's getting paid a ton of money by the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. It's not like it really ultimately hurt him at all. Yeah, so he's basically getting a million dollars a week. So it, it's working out for him in the long run. And uh, Adrian Peterson, of course has missed last season well he after week one and um you know a lot of stuff has been made of his comeback and how good he looks how how good a shape he's in we know from his return in the past from the knee injury that he's kind of he is a physical freak but when you're looking at it have you any worries that coming back into this season that he just uh mightn't be what we all think he's going to be and be you know the ap that we expect i don't personally because he's the best running back of my I wouldn't say lifetime, but since I've been doing this for a job, which is, you know, 12, 13 years now, uh, I'd put him ahead of Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, and just as a pure runner, not, you know, not as a pass catcher, maybe not even overall, but just he breaks the rules. I think he's one of the best running backs that we've ever seen. And when he played last season, you know, the last time he played in 2013, the numbers weren't quite there. But if you watch the film, he was still the top, or the you know one of the top two running backs in the league, and it's not the worst position to take a year off in the middle of your career. I mean, Ricky Williams was was a good example of someone who was kind of away from football and then ended up. I think it extended his career. Uh, it's not a bad position uh, to take a year off and get fresh. And and he's just such an amazing player when you watch him that. I'm always going to bet on him basically until until he proves me wrong, and, and that's a fun team. That's going to kind of be the trendy, trendy cool team. It worries me a little bit because I like them, but you know they have a lot of fun pieces on defense. They have Teddy Bridgewater. They, they have a good looking offense now too. Yeah, definitely. As a, I'm a Packers fan, so they're they're starting to worry me a little bit too. And I've a few dynasty leagues, not that I've taken Teddy Bridgewater, and so uh, yeah, it is, it is kind of worrying. Yeah, they don't get to play Tarvaris Jackson or uh, Christian Ponder this time around yeah. if the Vikings make the playoffs. So I think the Vikings could be a little more frisky if they do. Yeah, there's been a couple other contracts signed, one of them in the coaching ranks, and it was Mike Tomlin. He got a new deal from the, the Steelers, keeping him there to 2018. And, uh, you know, they're kind of moving the team now to more uh, into Ben Roethlisberger's hands, a little bit more offensive. And uh, I think when you, when you look at his time over the last few years, the Steelers, since the last Super Bowl, maybe haven't done as good as some people would have expected. But I still do think that uh, he's – would you class him as an underrated head coach? I don't know if he's an underrated coach. But he's a good, you know, he's a top ten coach. Mm. Uh, I think he's a good motivator. He, you know, I think one of the smartest things he ever did was when he first got hired and he kept Dick LeBeau. And to me, that showed uh, a lot of maturity for a thirty-five-year-old uh, head coach. That basically he didn't want to just bring in his own system. He really changed what he did defensively. He was known as a Tony Dungy. Um, cover two type of defense guy and, and change what he did. But I think he's good at the management aspect. I think people love to play for him. Uh, he's certainly one of the best, you know, seven or eight coaches in the league. And uh, if they can get that defense turned around, the more and more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about them as my AFC Super Bowl pick. I mean, their offense is just loaded. We had a stat today that last year, you know, it was the first time in, in the Super Bowl era that one team had the leading pa- a top two passer, rusher, and receiver all on the same team, and that was the Steelers. And I think they have a lot of room 
uh, for improvement on their defense, and I think the offense is just going to be awesome. Yeah, I thought the, the defense started off okay last year. Ryan Shazier was a rookie, and he looked good. Then there was a lot of injuries. They got killed by injuries about, I think it was week five or week six. So maybe they get some of them pieces healthy, and uh, some of the new guys coming in. We'll see how they do on the defensive side of the ball. But that's Tomlin with the Steelers for another uh, four year, or three years, rather, four seasons. A man that's uh, the word, you know, that is that he's not going to look for a new contract. He's happy to play out this final year of his contract, and that's after the trade from the the Rams and that's Sam Bradford down in Philadelphia were you were you surprised that uh, Bradford's not looking for it or are you more surprised that the Eagles seem to have been offering him a long-term extension after coming off the, the back-to-back knee injuries yeah that it was a strange story I mean let's let's be honest it's it's yeah. the Bradford the agent putting that out there yeah, that, so. okay oh he doesn't want to take a contract like really are they are they offering him a contract <laughs> I did I did a little digging about it and I do think that they were willing to give him a relatively low price, low guarantee, long-term right. deal where they were taking a little bit of the risk, but they were really betting on, on Bradford being healthy. But it's like this guy wasn't that consistent or that good when he ha- was healthy, and now he's coming off two torn ACLs in a row. It's like, let's, let's see this guy. Let's see him uh, stay <laughs> on the field fun. for a month before yeah. we give him big money. Yeah, let's see him last through uh, preseason anyway. And, you know, there's a lot of talk of him being the starter come week one anyway. And the more I think about it, and I'm not a big fan of Mark Sanchez, but he done a, you know, a decent enough job last season when given the opportunity. I think that the more it goes around that it's going to be Sanchez that starts the season. And I guess then if he plays well, it's his uh, ball to, to keep. Uh, would you be in that mindset? that I, I, I think if Bradford's not... And he, he's probably eighty percent healthy at this stage. It's going to be tough to be uh, in game shape, you know, for the start off preseason and ready to go from then on out. Yeah, I, that's that's how I was leaning to that. Sanchez, I give him the slight edge. It's really just Bradford versus himself or his health. You know, there are there was a report this week that he was looking good, that he's going to be ready to start training camp. And, and if he comes out and he starts training camp and he's one hundred percent healthy. Uh, and he makes it through training camp without any sort of setback and looks okay in the preseason, then they'll start. I mean, I, I think if it's a tie, for instance, they'll just go with Bradford because they're paying him like a starter. Yeah. They think he has more upside, and they think he'll work into the role. But it's really all about his health. If he, if he just doesn't seem uh, 100% yet, then, then why not? It, it's a lot easier for me to imagine them benching Mark Sanchez than, than it is to bench Sam Bradford after starting out with him. Um, another topic that um, I raised on our podcast last week, and I've had a good few replies on Twitter to it, but I was looking at, um, you know, Brett Favre has been inducted now into the Packers Hall of Fame, number retired and so on. When he was playing, there was no such thing as social media, there was no Twitter, there was no breaking, <laughs> as much breaking news, but last season Johnny Manziel had a, a train wreck of a season, all the stuff that went on from the draft day, even before the draft, and then after the draft, end of the season, his spell in rehab, and now he's back with the Browns, but... Uh, Brett Favre, if he was, uh, you know, in the in the age of social media, how would we have thought of him after his uh, first year in the league before the Packers decided to to trade that first round draft pick for him? Yeah, you're right. I mean, anyone having off field problems, then it flew much more under the radar than it did, and people didn't take nearly as much grief for things like drinking problems. And you're right that that trade, which wasn't very popular at the time yeah. by the Packers, would would have been even less popular. Like he would have been a a really tough guy, I think, to trade for the Falcons to, to even get rid of. 
Um, although I do, you know, you mentioned in five wasn't, you know, didn't come up in the age of social media. That, that's fair to say, but, uh, he did end in the age of social media and he sent some text messages, yeah, yeah. <laughs> text messages that got picked up by Deadspin. And that is one way, uh, a lot of us will always think of Brett Favre among, uh, you know, plenty of other great things. Yeah, it's a good job. It's, it's a good job that the social media wasn't around for his whole career. There'd have been a, a whole, whole lot of trouble uh, with him, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like he wouldn't. He would have really enjoyed Snapchat as a young man. So. <laughs> and uh, just on the subject of Johnny Manziel, uh, having brought him up on the show in a, in a while, um, any hope for him this season? Well, if uh, you go into my boss's office, there's a big. Uh, you know, whiteboard and on it is a quote I had at some point, I think it was in February. And I, and it just said, it said, I'm giving up on Johnny Manziel forever in quotes, Greg, you know, and then my name, Greg Rosenthal, I think it was February 1st. Um, so I have to stand behind that. Like, I think it's not so much the off field stuff, although that is hugely important or the work ethic or like the football smarts or the, you know, it's all of that combined with the fact that he just didn't look like a guy who has the physical skills um, or the mental aptitude maybe to, to be a pro. So I, I don't have a lot of hope for him, and maybe I'm, I'm burying him too quickly, but I've just seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks come into the league and have games, well, maybe not games as bad as Johnny Manziel's game against the Bengals, uh, but games like that, and those guys never bounce back. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the Jim, Jimmy Clausens and the Blaine Gabbers, and like they could bounce back to being an okay backup, but they never bounce back to, to an amazing player. Yeah, it's, it's always hard, you know, at the quarterback position, you're right, about the bounce back from such a terrible performance. You'll see wide receivers come in and struggle and then maybe get it in their second or third year, but as a quarterback, when you come in and it doesn't go too well, it's very hard to, to regain that confidence. Is, you know, now that I'm saying it, Alex Smith, you know, people come at me, Eli Manning, I mean, mm. they were guys that certainly struggled as rookies, and Alex Smith did for, for a while. So you, you could come up with some, but, but the level of how bad he was and, and not looking like he belonged in in the NFL at all I, to me it was just a whole another level and uh, it's always fun though at this time of the you know the off season looking forward to the season we we often make uh, kind of bold predictions or what we think and a lot of times mm. it's, it's not just one it's not just one person in the media or whatever it can be the entire media starts to jump on something to remember back to last year with the the Dallas Cowboys everyone's in about they were going to have historically the worst defense in the history of the NFL and then they made a playoff <laughs> run and remember, I'm sure you remember perfectly, Greg, uh, after three weeks of the season last year, everyone was talking about the New England Patriots and was Tom Brady done? And I remember watching right. that, that there interview back when the, the, the interviewer asked that there to, talk, uh, to Belichick in the press conference and he just kind of laughed. That was the on to Cincinnati interview. And uh, if you look back, we're so quick week to week to judge everybody uh, and it's going to be interesting to see where we're all wrong as the season progresses. It's going to be, going to be a lot of fun. Just before we finish up, I've... Uh, Two questions that come in on Twitter, and they're both based on your uh, Around the League podcast. And there's one here from Ella Trickery, and it's, uh, his name's Paul. He's wondering how much uh, money or how much would it take for the uh, the release of those uh, famed Delaware tapes? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's no price that um, I would take. Uh, I want to keep those buried. You know, there are some people out there that, that have, you know, expressed, uh, interest in, in giving them up to some members of our uh, podcast. But that's one of those topics I just try to keep 
I just try to keep off the airways so just people forget about them, but questions like these aren't helping, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I know I said there about bold predictions, and often on the, the podcast, you'll bet each other's sandwiches uh, for the bold predictions. Cahill McCabe wanted to know, how are the sandwiches bought? Is it pay-as-you-go if you lose a bet? Do you pay it up at the time, or is it just one big day of sandwich buying? Um, that's a great question. Well, <laughs> we do it kind of based on each time we play the game, um, that's like one grouping. So after that's all, after all of those sandwich, you know, propositions are decided, we tally it up. Uh, and it's not just one day. Then it's like, okay, Dan, Dan, for instance, owed us like 13 or 14 sandwiches, <laughs> an insane amount after the last one. So he has gone out for lunch by himself, uh, you know, three or four times and gotten us each a sandwich, you know, throughout the off season. And basically it, it all has to be, you know, paid up by the time the next time we play the game. So we, we can't play it again until everyone is settled up. And I think we're just about done and, and ready to play a, a good training game. Yeah, all, all the talk of sandwiches is uh, starting to get me hungry. I'm sure you usually have a lot of games going into going into training camp. And it's been a lot of a lot of fun, Greg, talking to you. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again maybe during the season. But thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, anytime. And, and I think you just reminded me, you know, Fridays at the office, we do try to get out and get some lunch. There's a, a delicious barbecue place that just opened up about half a mile away. So I think we're going to check that out. Mark won't have anything to eat since he's a vegetarian, but we'll, we'll go uh, check that out. You're listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Many thanks once again for Greg Rosenthal coming on the show there. You can check him out on Twitter if you aren't already doing so, and it's at Greg Rosenthal. There's two G's in the Greg. And uh, do give him a follow on there. Of course, you can check out the Around the League podcast as well. I know a lot of the people listening to our show also listen to theirs. And it's a fantastic podcast. I listen to it every episode. And it's, uh, it's always uh, good information, a lot of fun, and uh, good, good interaction between all the guys there. As I mentioned, Christopher Westlin, or Wes as they call him, has been on the show a couple of times. So hopefully uh, check that out and enjoy it as well. And uh, thanks as always again, I better mention, for listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. It's uh, great to see the numbers going up even in the off-season. And we continue to try and grow the podcast here. Hopefully you'll continue to enjoy it. Uh, news coming out of uh, Green Bay this uh, this past uh, day or two, and that is that Jermaine Gresham, former Bengals tight end, is uh, having a meeting up there with the Packers and uh, seeing what happens. Obviously, Quarles, uh, Andrew Quarles, that has got into a little bit of trouble, and uh, I think it was down in Miami a few weeks back around the July 4th weekend. So maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe the Packers think there's a suspension coming there, and they do have Richard Rodgers' second-year tight end, but I think uh, maybe they're looking at a little bit of backup. I was surprised to hear it when I when I heard the news, but you know, Gresham uh, has shown that he's a, a very valuable pass catcher in that Bengals offense. He is a, you know, a veteran tight end, but I think he could come in and do a job there, depending on what the, the contract situation would be. He has been around the, a, diff- a few different places around the league. I think he was at the Arizona Cardinals as well this last week. So there is a couple of teams interested. It'll be it'll be interesting to see now where he does land, where where he ends up. And uh, I think he will be valuable to, to some team around the National Football League. Still has, has a bit to offer uh, in the NFL. Speaking of the Packers, Latroy Guyon, uh, you know, he had a good season last year, a career year, came in in the absence of BJ Raji, played some of the best football, and I would say the best football he has played. I mentioned a career year, so I guess it was, of course, Colm, uh, yeah, the best football of his career would make sense. And um, he, had a, he had a solid year there on the line, helped uh, helped in the middle of the season, they were really struggling against the run, he helped to, to stuff the run on a, a number of occasions, and uh, I was impressed by him. Uh, then he got in trouble down in, I think uh, it might have been Miami as well, actually, he got in trouble in, but it was at the start of the off-season, caught with marijuana in his car, caught with a, a firearm and a, a large quantity of money. It seemed at the time that 
although the marijuana obviously wasn't uh, accounted for, but the money uh, was uh, after a payment, cashing a check from the Packers, and then the 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 gun was licensed in his name and so on. So it, it looked like it might have been uh, a little bit under the carpet, but it looks like he's facing a three game suspension, and uh, he will he will be appealing that. So it'll be interesting to see as well what happens there. Another you know BJ Raji's back again for another year, so. Between the two guys, even if he does miss the first three games, I think it's going to be kind of a, a combo of the two that will be playing the nose tackle position there in, in Green Bay this season. And uh, the Patriots have signed Terrell Brown, uh, cornerback, former Oakland Raider, veteran, 30 years old, uh, to the, the cornerback position. And it's going to be interesting. I was going to ask Greg this when he was on, but we were just running a little bit tight for time. And, you know, the Pat secondary last year, if you look at it, you know, they had Browner and they had uh, Darrell Rivas, of course. He's gone back to the New York Jets and Browner's gone down to the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, Browner, uh, a lot of people would question some of the, you know, he got a lot of flags at times, but I have to say that he, he did help give that a, an identity to to the Pat secondary and him, and him and Rivas did work well during the season. Of course, it got them all the way to the Super Bowl and they picked up that ring. And speaking of that ring, uh, Browner obviously, with, with his move to the Saints, wasn't able to attend the ring ceremony. And uh, I did see on Twitter that uh, he tweeted out a picture that uh, Robert Kraft uh, sent down the ring, sent down a letter as well, and said that he was disappointed to see him go because he was such a strong locker room presence. And the Saints have been looking for that locker room presence on defense, so Browner, I guess, uh, can provide that for them this season. So it's going to be interesting to see what the, the, the mismatch of uh, cornerbacks there, who's going to step up. Obviously, Malcolm Brown got the, the win and play in the Super Bowl when he when he got that interception at the goal line of Russell Wilson. We'll see, can he step up to the mark and the other the other people that are around there in the, in the secondary, can they you know establish two cornerbacks to play at a high level or are they going to have to keep interchanging them to see who, who can eventually step up for them? I think it's going to be, a, no matter what happens, it's going to be a bit of a drop down from the level they were at last season. I meant to start the news with this, but I remember last week uh, when when I started the show, I said that so far this week there had been no arrests, uh, and that's always good in the off season. Well, uh, finished up the show, posted it online, go on Twitter, and uh, Justin Hunter of the Tennessee Titans had been arrested. It was an event that uh, it looks like it was taken part over the July Fourth weekend, but you know it it was only announced uh, or the arrest only took place this past uh, week, and it was just right after I said that on the show and had it recorded. So case of bad timing but around this time we obviously we do see a lot of players uh, get into a little bit of bother it's been it's been better this year than most years and hopefully it stays that way but Justin Hunter very very talented player uh, with his measurables and so on some people comparing him to you know Calvin Johnson with his athletic traits he is a, a world-class athlete when it comes to you know track and field and he uh, you know at an Olympic standard almost and it's uh, disappointing to see. It looks like he's going to, you know, this could be the end of his career. But I guess we'll see what comes out of it with the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, you have to give the due process time. Looks like there was a stabbing incident. Now reports coming out that maybe it wasn't. So we're going to have to let it play out, see what happens, see what the Titans do. But somebody with great athletic ability, but really struggles at times to on the field with catches and that. And listening to the Round the League podcast, uh, they were talking about, you know, his catching ability and uh, West that he tries to catch the ball with his fists so that gives you an idea some of the you know he has that athletic ability but there's a difference in having the ability and making it all come together on the field and you can be the quickest player on the field and you can do this and can do that but if you can't catch the ball on your wide receiver that's obviously going to be a big big detriment to the the team overall but 
that there is kind of a little bit of news. I mentioned it was only Thursday that we'd done the last podcast. Went through some new, or sorry, Monday that we'd done the last podcast. Went through some news there with Greg during his time on the show. Then this little bit just to finish up and uh, round it all out. There was a lot of questions sent in for Greg on Twitter. Unfortunately, I used two of them. We always uh, like to get as many in as we can, and then we do pick which ones we think will be the most entertaining or the, the best questions to put to the guest. But as always, you can reach us at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. OvertimeIreland at gmail.com is the, uh, the email. We are running a couple of fantasy leagues. We have, I think we have six that are going again this year that have been going over the last few years. We're going to be setting up a few extra ones because there has been a lot of interest. But anyone interested in playing some redraft leagues, uh, do hit us up again. As I mentioned, there they are, the emails and uh, the Twitter handle is at Overtime Ireland. Let us know you're interested and uh, we'll be setting them up now in the next uh, two or three weeks and we'll get the, the draft dates set uh, for just the end of pre-season and get everything going. Looking forward to taking on some of the listeners in another league. And uh, the last few years, uh, we've kind of had a 50-50 rate. Uh, 50% of the leagues, we've had excellent runs and 50% of the leagues that we've done terrible in. So hopefully this year, uh, we'll, we'll grab a few rings and uh, retain a few titles and looking forward to that. So... Uh, until the next show, I, I guess uh, I said we were going to have a show next week and it happened to be today. I'll have another show next week. It could be later in the week. Uh, stay tuned as always to that Overtime Ireland Twitter feed for more information. Uh, enjoyed today's show with Greg. I mentioned give him a follow on Twitter. Do give us a comment or a rating on iTunes, Stitch or whatever you listen to us on the show. And uh, if you have any suggestions for the show, hit us up as well. So until the next time when I'm back, it's uh, been me, Colin Kelly. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.